Welcome to the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm a fashion designer turned stay-at-home mom, and I'm fascinated with our society's toxic norms, systems, and ideologies. On this podcast, we're going to have vulnerable conversations about how these systems have reduced us to just a body, profited off our insecurities, and perpetuated cycles of patriarchy and greed. We'll also hear from experts to get a holistic understanding of just how damaging these systems are and why we need to push for change. So from photo filters to gender roles and everything in between, no topic is off limits. Come with me as we pull back the curtain and challenge these everyday issues. It's time to get real with each other and start disrupting the societal constructs that don't serve us. It may not always be pretty, but it will definitely be unfiltered. Hey guys, I had something else planned for today's conversation, but after yesterday's horrific school shooting, I can't think of anything more important in this moment to talk about than gun violence. So because of that, I want to offer a trigger warning. Today's conversation is a tough one. It's not for kids. And if the timing of this feels too sensitive, I completely understand. Feel free to come back whenever you're ready. In all honesty, I had to take a little break and step away from this when I was recording as well. Every single mass shooting is a tragedy, especially when innocent children are involved. And this one, for me, hits especially close to home. I'm recording this on a Wednesday, so by the time you hear it, we'll be one week past the school shooting that occurred at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. On May 24th, that killed 19 children and two teachers. I'm not an expert in policy. I'm not an expert in gun control. I'm talking about this because I'm a mother of two elementary-aged kids who cannot imagine the grief the survivors and the families will carry for the rest of their lives and who cannot imagine the trauma that the survivors will have to deal with for the rest of their lives. The ripple effect of this kind of violence is so far-reaching, and this has forever changed the trajectory of these people's lives. And it is unbelievable to me that this happens again and again, and nothing changes. And I know a lot of you feel that too. I'm also talking about this from the perspective of someone that lives in Texas And I'd say I'm furious, but words cannot even describe the rage I feel about the lack of gun control in this country, and especially the state. Today, we have to talk about gun violence in this country and what we can do to fix it. We're going to talk about gun control and other factors that contribute to gun violence. Mass shootings feel like they are part of our weekly news and one in four of the victims are children or teens. According to the Gun Violence Archive, we've had 213 mass shootings just this year in the U.S., and mass shootings are described as incidents in which four or more people are shot, excluding the shooter. The AAFP, 
which is the American Academy of Family Physicians, calls the gun violence in our country a public health issue. And they're right. Mass shootings are only a part of the gun violence epidemic, as this also includes suicides and firearm-related deaths and accidental shootings. According to the AAFP, when we compare our country to other high-income countries, people in the U.S. are 25 times more likely to be killed by a gun. It's also important to point out the racial disparities that exist in this. More people of color are killed from firearms than white people. Another important issue to bring up is that the U.S. has more gun violence against women than any other developed nation. In fact, women are 16 times more likely to be killed by a gun, and a large portion of those deaths were committed by their partner. IPV is the term for this, and it means intimate partner violence. And again, rates increase for Black and Indigenous women. My first thought in hearing all these statistics is that it's unbelievable, but then again, is it really? I mean, this issue isn't just going to go away. Likely, it will happen again and again if we don't take action. And action is key because this idea of thoughts and prayers will never be enough on its own. James chapter 2, verse 17 says something to the effect of faith without action is dead. So we can't keep sending our condolences only to turn around and continue voting in leaders that weaken gun control laws and to continue voting in leaders that don't work to help the people of our country that needs help, right? There are so many issues that we don't address and all of it contributes to gun violence. So let's talk about gun control. The argument over gun control often gets boiled down to the Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms. This absolutely blows my mind. The Second Amendment came about in 1791. How are we literally fighting over a right that probably made a lot of sense in 1791, but doesn't make much sense now? Because everything about our lives is so different. The guns themselves are different. Guns in 1791 only had the ability to shoot one bullet at a time every 30 seconds. That is a far cry from the modern-day killing machines that can fire 15 times in a few seconds. Not only that, but someone able to fire at that rate in the 1700s was someone that was highly trained and very skilled. Guns weren't used recreationally the way that they are now. Back then, guns were used for hunting. That's how people got their food. Or farming. Farmers needed guns to keep their livestock safe. We just live completely different lives now. And because of modern technology, manufacturing guns now is much cheaper than it was back then. And the modern-day weapon industry makes guns that can be easily modified to be more deadly. All you pretty much need is access to a YouTube tutorial. So we know we have the right to bear arms, and that becomes a big selling point for politicians, right? If that's not going to change, it's imperative that we tighten up laws concerning gun control. Federal law requires background checks for guns sold by licensed gun dealers. The key here is licensed dealers. The problem is there are unlicensed sellers who sell guns at gun shows and online, and background checks are not required for those purchases. 
we absolutely need to change policy so that it closes this loophole. Now, on a personal note, I hate guns, and I don't see the need for the average citizen to have them. And I think when we compare ourselves to other developed countries, statistics support this. But if we are going to allow people to have them, it's common sense that we would make it much harder to get one in order to circumvent people who shouldn't have them from owning one, right? And so much of that goes back to the background check. And so let's talk about age for a minute. I was looking into this, and it looks like depending on the state, the age range to legally purchase a gun is between 18 and 21. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We don't let people legally drink alcohol until they are 21. So gun ownership under that age is completely reckless and unnecessary. There's also a lot of research out now that says our brains don't fully mature until age 25. Shouldn't that be the legal age for gun ownership and licensing in this country? And where are the protections for people getting a hold of guns that aren't theirs? If we can put facial and fingerprint recognition on our phones, why the hell isn't it on a gun? Wouldn't it make sense to ensure that the person who legally bought the gun and is legally licensed to carry the gun is also the only person using the gun? We are so technological nowadays, so I just can't believe that this stuff doesn't exist. Speaking of technology, how are we doing such a horrible job of tracking violent rhetoric on social media? The Uvalde shooter posted three times on social media about what he was going to do. And this does exist to some capacity, and people can report threats to the FBI and to the police, but... Do we not have something that alerts someone when words like shoot and school are written in the same post? Where is the censorship and the policing when shooters literally tell the world what they are about to do on a social media platform? I found this article on Forbes and it said that, quote, social media companies will need to make decisions, protect individuals' rights to make oblique threats, or protect safety, end quote. From the research I did, it's a little bit vague, but it sounds like if someone feels personally in danger from a threat, they can report it and people can intervene. But what's happening when threats are made, but there's no mention of who in particular it's aimed at? And it is illegal to make threats online, but I think the insincere threats of violence online should be treated the same way as making a false police report or unnecessarily calling 911 right? This shouldn't be part of free speech because there have been too many instances where real threats were made and then acted on. And what are we doing in terms of ammunition sales? I was looking up an article from ABC News and it says, quote, there is no requirement for sellers to report or record ammunition purchases, end quote. So if someone purchases weapons back-to-back It is reported to the ATF, and the ATF is the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. So this is a law enforcement agency in the United States Department of Justice. Well, how many of these mass shooters are shooting one bullet at a time? They're not, right? They're firing round after round. So why are we not tracking this? I think that if we're going to let people have guns and let people buy ammunition— 
they should only be able to buy a few bullets at a time and that should be tracked so that they can't buy 10 here and then go down the street and buy 10 there and then go across to another city and buy more there. We need to be tracking this because this is what happens. And I'm going to talk about Texas specifically for a few minutes since that's where this happened. But for those of us who live here, we live in a state where gun control is much more lax, right? And just to put this in perspective, I grabbed this stat from everytown.org, and they say an average of 3,647 people die by guns in Texas yearly. As we talked about earlier, we don't require criminal background checks when purchasing from an unlicensed seller. Our very own governor, Governor Abbott, votes in favor of looser gun control, and our state has opposed the red flag laws, which are also called extreme risk laws. And this is a law that allows immediate family members or law enforcement to petition a court to have a judge temporarily remove a person's access to guns when they are proven to be a serious risk to themselves or to others. And this law is especially important because it's shown that 56% of shooters display warning signs prior to carrying out their mass shooting. So again, if we can't agree on whether or not we should even have guns in the first place, why would we not do everything that we can to make sure the laws are so airtight that the wrong people don't get their hands on them? As I said earlier, In addition to gun control, we also have to address issues contributing to gun violence. Our country is sick. And I don't mean sick as in a clinical diagnosis. I mean, we aren't taking care of the people in our country. People aren't paid a livable wage. They don't have access to affordable early education and childcare. College tuition is extremely expensive and leaves so many people under a mountain of debt. People don't have access to affordable health care. And mental health is stigmatized and not readily available to everyone. Racism runs rampant, right? How many of these shootings are racially motivated? How often do we have police shootings where unarmed black men are killed? We also live in a patriarchal and misogynistic culture. One in four women will experience intimate partner violence. And 90% of rape victims are female. Of course, violence is going to be a result when we don't even address our country's basic human needs. And gun violence is a huge problem. It is a multi-layered problem. It is a problem that's not going to go over way overnight. But what are some things that we can do? One, we can call our local representative about policies we want enacted or opposed. For example, We could call to push for the extreme risk laws or the red flag laws. We also need to be pushing for and voting for policies that address health care, mental health, minimum wage, equality. The list goes on and on, right? The more we take care of the people of this country, the less sick we're all going to be. And I know I've felt this way when I hear people say, call your local representative. I think, well... I'm not qualified. I mean, what do I say? What do I do? I don't know anything about this. I'm not an expert in policy or politics. And it sometimes feels overwhelming, right? I found actually a how-to for calling your representative from the American Psychological Association. 
and it gives steps and even a sample script. So I'll link that in the show notes, but I thought that that was pretty helpful. Another thing we can do is to learn about the gun laws in your own state. I have a link from Houston Public Media about what Texas gun laws went into effect last September. You can also find this information on everytown.org, and you can filter by state, and they have a lot of good resources on that website. So the third suggestion is to go to everytown.org and donate or learn about volunteer opportunities or just learn about gun control in general. And again, I'm not an expert on any of this, so if you have resources or suggestions, please, please, please share, and I will share them with everyone else. My heart goes out to all the victims and the families of the victims of the Uvalde mass shooting and all the shootings that we've had. Tragically, there have been so many, and I know you guys are feeling that too. So let's send them our thoughts and our prayers. Let's hug our babies tight tonight, but let's also take action. It's going to take all of us to fix the gun violence epidemic. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this resonated with you, join me in the movement as we shift our mindsets together. You can find more Pretty Unfiltered on social at the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I can't wait for our next chat, and I'll see you next time.